but just, just today in worship, as we're, I don't know, there's a million thoughts going through my head, so I'm not, oh, sorry. Just in worship, there's just a million thoughts going through my head and actually in prayer beforehand as well. And it's just, it's incredible to me the, the um, kind of the contradictions <laughs> in, in the word. Like, you, you look, <laughs> he came as a lamb. He came as a lamb. In, in what story is the lamb ever the conqueror? In what story? Like, we, we have Mary had a little lamb. You know, it's this helpless little thing that follows her to school one day. I mean, like, the, the lamb is never the conqueror. The lamb is never the savior. The lamb is never strong. And yet, and yet the lamb of God... <laughs> The Lamb of God is our strength. The Lamb of God is our entire salvation. Everything we have, everything we are is hinged upon this Lamb. This Lamb, this innocent, pure, helpless-seeming Lamb. <laughs> and I just, anyways, I just, um, I'm going to just flip here. It's funny, I've read it, I don't know, probably over a hundred times. Still can't quote it properly. <laughs> but, um, oh, this thing is moving. Um, I wasn't planning to do this, but um, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, I don't think there's a single one of us here who can't identify <laughs> any consolation in Christ. He's just wrecked me recently again, just with his un, unbelievable love. <laughs> I, when I was younger, I went through something incredibly traumatic, and, and it's funny because a couple Sundays ago, during worship, he brought it back, and I was just right there. And as the, as the worship went, I couldn't stop crying. I just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. My husband was like, what was going on? <laughs> I just kept crying and and just realize that this peace that has been there, I mean, it's, it's, it's a peace that's been raw. You know, you kind of cover things up. But, but he said in the midst of it, he's like, I'm healing that spot. I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't even thinking, you know, about it. And he just said, I'm, I'm healing that right now. I'm dealing with that. So if there's been any consolation in Christ, <laughs> any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy... Paul says, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love and being of one accord and of one mind. He's talking about us. He's talking about this body. He's talking about his body. He is the church. He, this, this body right here is Christ's body. It's Christ's body. <laughs> Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being a found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. How, how utterly incredible. He did not consider it robbery. <laughs> to be equal with God. Christ came. He, he came as an equal with God. He was equal, and he came here. And he is, he is the body. We are the body. Each one of us 
is the body. We are the body of Christ. And so when Paul says, if we have received any comfort from him, any comfort from that fellowship with Christ, then we have a responsibility to one another to love, to love, to love like Christ loved. He did not consider it robbery to be considered equal with God, and yet he came as a lamb, as the most weak, helpless, meant for sacrifice. That's what he was meant for. That's what a lamb's meant for, and that's how Christ came. And he's saying, if I'm willing, if I'm willing, I whom God am willing to come, lay myself down, let you spit on me, kick me, call me whatever you want, whip me, beat me, hang me on a cross to die. Not one of us deserved his love. Not one of us deserved what he did. But he came and he humbled himself for us. And now he, he is the body. We are the body. Each one of us here is the body. Let's love each other. Let's walk in this. Let's walk in this as the body. So, Father, I pray that you would just, Lord, give us deeper revelation of who you are and of what you have done and what that means, what that impacts, how that impacts on a day-to-day basis. You are our salvation. You are everything. And you call us to love with the same level of love. You call us to love our brothers and our sisters in the same, the same manner, laying our lives down one for another, not esteeming ourselves as higher than the other. Lord, I just I repent of my own actions. I know that I know I take offense. I know I I get thinking I'm better than others at times. I know that I don't love as you do. But you who are willing to to come and humble yourself in order to love us. I just pray that that we would we would draw closer to you. We would draw closer to that. That we would love each other in the way that you that you have shown. I just thank you for this body. I just thank you for each one here. I thank you that not one person is here by accident. I just pray that your love would just overflow, that we would be known for our love, that they would know we are Christians by our love. Just thank you. Just thank you that you came as a lamb. And you're left as a conquering savior, that you are a conquering savior. Just thank you. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Into order. Order seems to be a really big word right now in the spirit. And um, judgment starts with the household of God. You know, God wants a church that is, is ready uh, for the end and all the glorious things and and you know, sobering things that he, are going to happen. And so I just, I, I just feel like um, maybe just so we take a few minutes to examine our own hearts. Um, Isaiah said, you know, he got in the presence of the Lord and he was completely undone. 
And he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. And this is not a, oh, goodness. You know, I, the, the, the kingdom of heaven is marked by joy, righteousness, truth, and joy in the Holy Spirit. But there are also times when we are called to solemn assemblies. And um, I don't know if any of you know that this weekend is Rosh Hashanah. And, um, and that's the Jewish New Year. And it's also a time to be called back to creation, called back to our ideal state in the Lord. Travis, you can sit down for a second because I, I don't know. We're going to, things have sort of changed order. <laughs> so we're so glad to have Travis back visiting with us today. And he, he's going to come and talk to us maybe in a bit. So I think I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with this because Rosh Hashanah that means the head of the the head of the year the new year, but it, it's a time it's a time for Jews when um, they don't sign up for like gym memberships or say I'm gonna eat fewer sweets this year or I'm gonna eat more vegetables or I'm gonna stop smoking or whatever that that's not what it's about for the for a Jewish new year I just want to remind us that the Jewish calendar is God's calendar right we we are under the, the a Roman calendar but God goes by his calendar and and so Friday evening till this morning was Rosh Hashanah and all over the world, Jews gathered in synagogues and gathered together in a festival. Does anyone know what the festival's called? Feast of Trumpets. Yeah, hello. And, um, and they gather and they eat like um, apples with honey and to signify a sweet new year, that it would come in a sweet new year. But what also happens is it's called the Festival of Trumpets because there's a blowing of trumpets or the blowing of the shofar, the ram's horn. And this, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but God made, it's from Leviticus 23.23, and he says, call a solemn assembly and rest and blow the trumpets and gather together. And the trumpet signifies the voice of the Lord. And the voice of the Lord sounded in different ways and different trumpet calls for different instructions, you know, for, for the army to move out or for a, a, an awakening. And in, um, in synagogues all over the world this weekend, the priest would get up and he would blow the trumpet. This is, you're going to be, if you haven't heard this before, it's quite surprising. He would blow the shofar 100 times, progressively louder. Can you imagine? Like I, I'm just going like to picture Gord on a trumpet 100 times, getting louder and louder and louder, like sensory overload, right? Probably a little annoying, I'm just going to say. <laughs> and if you've ever tried to blow a horn, especially a shofar, is super difficult. So even someone who could blow a horn a hundred times, there's usually a backup guy who can also blow a shofar in case the priest can't get through. And a hundred times the voice of the Lord sounds and says, return to the original pattern. Return to what I made in the Garden of Eden. It's a call back to God. It's a call back to our true selves. 
It's a call back to be who God made us to be. It's an invitation to original plan, original grace, because we were made in the image of God. And, I don't, and because we know that and it's like Christianese, we understand that phrase where we think we do, the image of God. But Pharaoh was called image of God. All the ancient kings were called image of God. And so for God to say when he makes man, you, male and female, Genesis 1.27, are made in my image, the creator of all the universe, and he just has made everything, and it was good. good. It was good. So just put your hand on your own head and say, it was good. It was good. It was good. Because sometimes we forget that being made in the image of God and mankind was the pinnacle of all he made. And he said, it was good. It was very good. So I just want to declare over you, especially if you're in Christ, it was good. It was good. Sometimes we just need to hear that. He does a good work. And we're made as royalty, as royalty. Let me take a pause here. In Exodus 19, when Moses receives the law, God reminds them that he brought them out of slavery so that you will be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. That's our call is to be a holy nation that represents God. But I, I think sometimes, and, and people get, we have these terms and labels and, you know, dominionism that people get a little freaked out if, you know, the body of Christ is taking dominion. But I just want us to go back to Genesis again. Genesis 1, and God makes the man, and he says, and you will rule over the earth. Because you will be my manager. Remember all the parables Jesus talks about managers? You will be my manager of the earth. So we're not so much managing people as we are managing the earth. But because of representing who God is, people around us will be managed by the salt and light in us by bringing the kingdom. Because what's Adam's job in, in the garden? Yeah, he's a gardener. He's a farmer. And so God says, I made you in my image, male and female, and then he puts them in the garden to look after the garden. And so ruling and reigning, we need to rethink this, right? Ruling and reigning look like gardening. So whatever we're doing, God says, when you plant and that seed grows and it bears fruit, that's bringing the kingdom because in the spirit, we're doing the same thing, right? We're planting seeds and we're seeing them grow and they're bearing fruit.
And then he said, be fruitful and multiply. Have children who will also bear my image and will affect the community and the family that you'll build and will eventually affect the society that's going to be produced out of that. Of course, sin came in, right, in, in the midst of that. So we are, in the spirit, as well as in the natural, to be multiplying the effect of the kingdom of God, to be bearing fruit, to be seeing people born into the kingdom who also carry the likeness and the presence of God. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'm just saying God made certain times that we would remember these things and come back to reset. And so this weekend in Rosh Hashanah is a reset time of going, of saying, I'm not, since not about a self, the world would put us on a self-improvement program. You need to do this. You need to do that. This is my agenda. This is what you need to look like. This is what, you know, you need to do. And it's like the voice of Pharaoh. What did Pharaoh say to the slaves in Egypt? More bricks. Produce, produce, produce. I need more. And God says, I have made you holy. And you're in Christ. I have made you holy. You are beloved. You are accepted. And so for us in Christ, Rosh Hashanah is fulfilled. He's already come, and he's already, he's already done it. it. Every day, his mercies, this is Lamentations, this is Old Testament, his mercies are new every morning. What's the, what's the beginning of that verse? You remember? I think I have it. I don't know if I have it. If I can, if I can remember the song, I'll get the song. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. The invitation is to be who we already are in Christ we already are in Christ and to to um, to understand the miraculous of what we our identity is that we're no longer uh, called to to just make ourselves better or to keep up with the world I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me and I think that's a lot of what Paul was referring to in in Philippians is, I have died. I no longer live. And it's a verse verse I quote often. But I just sat yesterday, and again, lots of tears, and just said, I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. I'm, I'm dead. And dead people can't get offended. Dead people aren't wounded. And dead people are are just kind of you know offend offend offend. How do I want to say this? Offendedness proof. <laughs> There's no such word. I know. Sorry. So still didn't hear it. Unoffendable. There was. There's the word. Thank you, husband. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. 
I no longer live. And I think, I, I feel like this is where God is taking the body. It's just to say, when we are completely aware that it, our reputations and our opinions don't really matter, if that is what I hold up, you know, Steve Schroeder talks about, are you eating from the tree of good and evil? which is about being right or being wrong? Or are you eating from the tree of life, which is about love and life and light? And sometimes we just need to be brought up short and say, you know, which tree am I eating from? And am I dead? And what's the work God is trying to do in my heart? Because when we're frustrated and we're, we're feeling those things, God is trying to do a work in our hearts. Leviticus, God is calling us to rest in, in Rosh Hashanah. He's calling us to rest in him. Hebrews talks about a Sabbath rest that we can enter into that is in Christ, that there's a deep peace. There's a deep peace that when everything else is in turmoil or when you feel like you're in turmoil in your own heart and mind, and that's your soul, your soul gets flustered. Your soul gets stirred up. And that's why we need to be in the word of God because that's what divides even between soul and spirit. And we need to rest in him and enter that Sabbath rest. God builds the whole universe, builds the world in six days and rests on the seventh and calls it the Sabbath and says, don't do any work. The priests were to attend to the duties in the temple and they were not allowed to sweat. They were not allowed to perspire because they weren't supposed to be working in God's presence. And I think this is where God is taking us and we're learning to walk in it, to rest in him, to rest in him. Obviously, things are not, for me this morning, they're not going the way I planned, right? Because the spirit of God wants to show us a new way, a new reliance. So we're called to rest in him. We're called to enter that place that we can go to in our spirit and be seated with him in heavenly places because that's where we are seated. Fazl Malik would say the enemy's main job is to keep you from realizing where you're seated and sitting there because when we sit in the seat, when we realize who we are in Christ and what he's done for us and the responsibility and the grace and the privilege that he's given us to be seated in Christ, then we can go there in our spirits, which is, for me, it's like, it go, I have to get there in my mind because my mind is the place of the battlefield. In my mind, if I'm losing the battle and I'm like, oh, everybody hates me or you're so boring or whatever I'm hearing... I have to get there in, my, in the place of my thoughts first. I have to bring every thought captive to Christ and say, the truth is I have everything I need in you, Jesus, and you're trying to teach me that I'm dead and I have no good in me, that what I have is only good if it's you and that you want to, people to see you and hear you and that you live in me. And that if I can die to my own ego and die to my own agenda and die to my own plans and die to my own timing, that I can be free to be used of God to bring what he wants to bring. And he says, you are seated in heavenly places. And sometimes we just forget that. Sometimes we just forget that. Sometimes we're, we, we, we're, we're, we're down groveling in the mud 
And Jesus says, I've, I've paid for you to be seated in heavenly places. I have been crucified with Christ. He didn't just die for me. He dies, died as me. He died as Sue. He died as Jenny. He died as TJ. He died as Todd. He died as Edward. He died as Lorraine. He died as, as each of us who have said yes. He died as us, knowing we would believe. just wanting to do a work in our hearts you know and I'm, I just ask your grace and your patience it's it's uh I close my eyes because sometimes uh, I just you know if I look at your faces and I get I, I you know I just want to hear what he's saying because he's trying to take us all to this new place where we're just hearing him and, and, and seeing him. And our hearts are always to just say what he wants to say and only what he wants said and to do what he wants to do. I just feel like this is such a big invitation for our body to just go low. And if you think you're low, go lower. Just go lower. And, you know, just if you don't ache for the people of the body who are aching, you know, it says that we rejoice with those who rejoice and that we weep with those who weep. And I just feel like the, they will know we are Christians by our love. God is taking us to a new place of oneness, a new place of being the body and serving one another. You know, what did bringing the kingdom look like for Christ when he came? That he left, that's Philippians 2, he left his place in heaven and he came down and became a servant. He washed people's feet. He was in, in the worst of places and he, he put up with people who didn't understand, who called him demonized, who said he was Beelzebub, who said he worked by dark powers. Wow, the son of God. And he just took it, and he was betrayed, and he was denied, and he was okay with that. And right up to the point where he just said, Lord, if there's another way, um, that would be good. Nonetheless, not my will. I'm not here to do my will. I'm not here to have things go my way. And so reigning and ruling means submitting to God's purposes in the earth it means not going my own way, not doing what the first Adam did. Because the first Adam chose his own way. And he, and he sows havoc in the earth, and he sows distress, and he sows deception. He becomes a puppet of the prince of this world. But the people of God who choose to say, not my will, but yours be done, and that recognize that they're dead, and it's, a, it's an anomaly. I'm at once dead and I'm at once seated with him in heavenly places. And that if I can die to my own, my own soul nattering at me to do this or do that, or that I, I, I have the right to this or I have the right to that, then I can bring the kingdom probably through weakness, probably through laying down my life, possibly through being quite 
you know, exposed. But that it doesn't matter because I'm already dead. And I think that's what God wants to do. And I know it's so many of us are just feeling like there's an onslaught of stuff against us right now. There's just an onslaught of the enemy's attacks. There's an onslaught against who we are in Christ. There's an onslaught that's the enemy just trying to say, yeah, this, what you believed, it's not working or it's not enough. And we just need to stand in our identity, in our true identity, in our true identity. And you know, Rosh Hashanah, the Lord says, rest, enter the Sabbath, rest. Be, fu- be found in that place, be found in that quiet place. Travis is going to come after and read us a psalm, and it's about a refuge, finding our refuge on that rock that doesn't change, in that safe place. And it's about resting, and it's about blowing trumpets. It's about hearing the voice of God. And really, until you're quiet, until you're in that still place, if you're running around with your routine, I've been reading Isaiah 1, and God just rebuffs the people for all their religious activity and just says, I don't want it. I don't want all your religious stuff. It's, it's an abomination to me. I want your hearts. Would you just crack open your hearts? Would you just lay it down? Would you put down all the stuff and all the procedures and all the sacrifices, even the stuff that I said would make you righteous and acceptable in my sight? If you're doing it with the heart that says, that's what justifies me, then you've got it all wrong. I just want your hearts to be humble. I want you to lay it down. I want you to serve. I want you to recognize that it's me. I want you to know that without me, apart from me, you can't do a blessed thing. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. I think it was Bobby Connor that said, maybe God is finally getting a church that's weak enough that he can do something with us. Lord, that we would not have our own programs and agendas. God, but that we would have hearts that are okay with whatever it looks like, even if it makes us look like absolute fools, that we would be fools for Christ. That's what Paul was. He said, it doesn't matter if wise people think I'm anything. It doesn't matter. I would rather be a fool for Christ. And so, God, I just pray that you would, you would take us, you would take us low. And sometimes that's a, kind of a dangerous prayer but we we know in your love and your mercy you know what needs to happen in our lives for us to to be fully on the flats of our backs so we can look up and just say only you that's all that matters the rest will not matter only you God and that we would gather together that's the three parts of that rest Hear the trumpets, hear the voice of the Lord. And if you think over, the, over time, you know that God would send Israel the prophets and say, hear the voice of the Lord, hear the voice of the Lord, hear the voice of the Lord, turn, repent, come home, come to me, be restored. I'm the one that knows where life is. I'm life itself. I know how to do this better than you do. And think of the hundred, think of the hundred 
100 toots on the trumpet, 100 sounds on the trumpet getting increasingly louder. And God is crying out for people, I don't want anyone to perish. I don't want anyone to perish. I don't want anyone to perish. Listen to me. And they didn't. And then he sends his son. And then still the vast majority of his people, the Jews, didn't hear this this resonating loud voice that said, this is how much I love you. This is how much I love you. This is how much I love you. So should we be surprised that at the culmination of all things in the end times, that the trumpet is going to get louder and louder and louder? And some people are going to go, that is so annoying. I'm turning that off. And they will harden their hearts. There's a time of hardening that we're in right now where some of the churches is going to harden their hearts and say, this isn't working for me. I've listened to all the podcasts. I've listened to the sermons. It's not working. This person isn't being healed. I'm done. I'm just going to have a good time. And the good time has come into the church. and It's the world's good time. And God is saying, I'm done with that. I'm done with that. I'm done with the sheep trampling my courtyards. I'm done with your blemished sacrifices. I'm done with half-heartedness. I'm calling you to me to be my bride. Little Jesse is 12 years old, and he said to me last night, he said, I was reading, you know, hearing this on Facebook or whatever of this girlfriend who wanted an open relationship with her boyfriend. And he said, at 12 years old, that's just an excuse to cheat. Bless you, Jess. Bless him. Because that's kind of where the church is, and all through time that the people of God don't know that we're playing harlots in our hearts. That we, we, we want an open relationship. We want God. We want Christ. We want all the benefits of being in the kingdom, but that we're not really sold out in our hearts that we were saying yes. And this is a people who say yes. This is such an amazing group. But God, the last thing is the rest, the hear the voice, and the gather together. Gather together. Gather together. Gather together. Don't forsake gathering together, especially as you see the time approach. That we need to be together, that we need each other, that we need the encouragement that one one is down, the other can pull them up. That when one is being misled by, by lies, the, the voices we hear in our heads that aren't true but replay and get us all spinning and take, can take us down and then someone else can come in and interject truth and say, no, 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 no. Here, let me tell you something. Let me tell you what God says on it. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Those thoughts, those are not God thoughts right now. My ways are not your ways. Here's some truth. Here's some life. Here's, here's the plumb line. Here's the straight and narrow. And speak truth to our heart. The word of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, dividing between the thoughts and intents of the heart, between bone and marrow. It's what we need. And the Spirit of God uses that to set us aright. We need to gather together. We need to gather together. We need to encourage one another. We need to bring correction. 
in, in Christ in love. We need to just write each other's courses sometimes to say, this is, this is a little off course. It's a little off now. Later, it'll be really off. Let's walk together in, in harmony. And then we need to be not offended by that because it's out of love. If, if James says, if you have a child and you don't correct it, then you're, you know, essentially you're not a very good parent. God corrects us as a really good father. So God, um, obviously, <laughs> you don't really care as much about our schedules and our routines as our hearts. And so Lord, you, you, you stepped in and, and took us a direction this morning that you want us to hear. And we don't want to, we don't want to get annoyed by the trumpet. We don't want to get annoyed by the shofar. We want to submit our hearts and humble our hearts and say, God, soften my heart. Pour in the oil and the wine. Lord, let me be before you as I was when I first came to you, when I believed for the first time and I was absolutely pulled out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of the son you loved. And literally, creation was restored when it says in Corinthians, I am a new creation in Christ. It's actually creation is new for me. A creation is all made new because I am new. I am seeing with the eyes of the creator. I am seeing as a renewed person that creation is made new to me. And I remember just seeing that. The grass was so green. The sky was so blue. It was like the world had been washed. And it had been washed because the spirit of God was in me. And I was seeing with fresh eyes. I said, God, you want, to, you want us to see with fresh eyes, especially when we're bombarded with all of the narrative of the world. Lord, everything that's being promoted, everything that's being just uh, thrown at us in, at, every, at every side to turn away from everything that you value, Lord, from, from gathering together when they're trying to isolate, Lord, from hearing the voice when they're trying to fill our heads with noise, Lord, from resting when the fear and anxiety is just being promoted nonstop, nonstop. Be afraid of this. Be afraid of the next thing. Be afraid. Don't go out. Cover up. The world is about to explode because of climate crisis. And Jesus says, rest. Be still and know that I am God. I'm in charge. I'm in control. I turn the hearts of kings like a river course where they, I want them to go. Hear my voice and obey. And don't forsake gathering together. Amen.